Hello there, folks. It's time for the greatest fitness podcast on the planet. Presenting you with a Northerner, a Southerner, and an Irishman talk fitness. Three men that share the same mission of helping people around the world live healthier and happier lives without the need for fad diets, whilst still being able to enjoy a nice cold beer. Without further ado, I introduce to you Crabby, Dale, and James. Grab yourself a cold beer, and remember, folks, get busy living or get busy dying. Hello, guys. Hope you have been keeping well. Today in this episode, Dale, James, and myself are going to be covering a very up-and-coming trend and very popular topic of NEAT. You might know it as non-exercise activity thermogenesis, or in layman's terms, spontaneous activity. We discuss what it is, its essential role in optimizing health and performance, and little hacks to ensure you are consistently leading an active lifestyle. Also, before I let you go, in March 2021, us three are hosting an amazing seminar called The Secret to Weight Loss for Life. This you will not want to miss, so make sure you hit the show notes and grab your early bird tickets that soon run out. Now, without further ado, grab your beer, enjoy the episode, and I'll see you on the inside. Um, welcome back to another episode of uh, a northerner, a southerner, and an Irishman all walk into a live. Apologies for the uh, change in day and time, um, but yeah, we could have either cancelled it or we could have kept the consistency going. So we chose to go for the latter. Uh, lads, how are you doing? Good. All good. Yeah, thank you very much, Crabby. Put it on um, gallery view because it's on that thing where it changes to the person. Sorry. This is like the first time I've been proper host, everyone, so bear with me. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah? No, it's not. On my account. On like, oh, on is it? Not there. Oh, not there. Right. I think so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, boys, have you been up to anything this week? Anything exciting? Boring personal <laughs> trainer life. Just doing <laughs> sessions, that's basically it. Coffee, yeah. coffee naps and... Yeah. Yeah, not much exciting. Went for tea on Tuesday. That was about it. That was about as exciting as it gets. Yeah, because it's the last, um, correct me if I'm wrong, unless they got obviously Monday still August. Is this the last full week of eat out? Yeah, but they're extending it, I think, at, at quite a few places. Uh, I've seen it on ah. Facebook, like we're extending it into September. Because obviously it's the places are rammed, aren't they, with people. So they're going to take advantage. Yeah, what mate, is we, this? We had to travel 20, 20, Five thirty minutes to a Pizza Express when normally we have about one ten minutes either side, but they were just fully booked on a Tuesday. Then we got to help out, help out, eat out, James. Where um, eat out to help out, eat out to help out. Sorry, um, where the government give like basically pubs will charge like either you know you get ten pound off or fifty percent off, and the government give uh, the the restaurants and pubs the rest of it. So it floods people in, mate, and they're making yeah. that. And then this is this is what. In, interest me though because I'm not very obviously clued up on how that will pay back in you know uh, dividends but I was talking to clients and one guy was like we're going to be paying that back in tax like we think we're getting a cheap deal but we'll be paying it back well I don't know if you guys are in the know well they'll raise the, the, the tax thresholds won't they so now you can earn like well, you're saving money. this is still becoming a politics podcast but anyway um, they'll raise the thresholds for the tax right. so they can get some money so instead of being able to win like 12 or 13 grand without paying tax, it'll probably go up to 
they'll they'll get it back in some capacity, yeah. But end of the day, take it while you can get a yeah. discount, eh? Yeah, there's all mate. Nothing's ever cheap in life. There's always a catch twenty two. Uh, right. Anyway, everyone, let's get get down to business. Sidetrack there. Um, yeah. So I hope you're having a great week and had a good Thursday, everyone. Tonight we are going to be covering a very uh, popular topic that um, we still feel people uh, still still a little bit un sort of in the unknown that people know the importance, but sometimes maybe uh, not into so much detail. Uh, and that is the importance of NEAT. So non-exercise activity thermogenesis. It's basically the com- component. Uh, one component of your total daily energy expenditure, um, basically doing things like getting in your steps. So, uh, yeah, I guess going straight into it, lads, you know, if um, I'll fire this one at you, James. If you want to explain to the listeners and viewers what actually is neat going into further depth. Yeah, so you have two ways of burning calories through exercise. Um I suppose, first of all, you have like your your basal metabolic rate, which is like the calories that you burn a complete rest. And then you have um, your ex- the calories that you burn with exercise. Then you have the calories that you burn by just processing food. Um, but looking at the exercise calories, there's two different sections. There's one, which is your eat. So your exercise activity thermogenesis. And then you have your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So basically, eat is the calories that you burn by doing planned exercise, such as going to the gym, going for a run, and going swimming, all of those planned exercise activities. The non-sort of planned exercise is your need. So that's just walking around. That's... um, you know, maybe fidgeting, um, all of those things that you don't really consciously plan as such. Um, that's kind of what NEAT is. But it's important because people place a lot of emphasis on the the EAT, so the exercise, the exercise that you plan, like going to the gym, which might only last one hour in the day. Whereas in reality, you need to place an awful lot of emphasis as well if fat loss is your goal on the NEAT because that makes up, you know, the maybe 15 other hours you're awake in the day. Um, so uh, that's basically what NEAT is. Yeah, no, nice one. And just before we move on to Dale, um, just want to give obviously your views on like, yeah, why it's so uh, paramount in, you know, people's lifestyles mate when trying to optimize health and performance yeah well if you look at the um say in the context of fat loss uh, one of my favorite studies ever is one by levine i think it is in i think it's 99 and what they did was they overfed uh subjects by a thousand calories every single day and they looked at the differences in the amount of body fat that people put on. Some yeah. people put on about, I think the lowest was about 0.7 kg. And this is over the course of eight weeks. So they ate a thousand calories over their their baseline maintenance calories yeah. uh, for eight weeks. Now, the some people only put on 0.7 kg uh, 
over the course of the eight weeks, whereas some people put on about a stone, which was what you would kind of had have expected. Yeah. Now, people will immediately think that that was because of a slow metabolism or a high metabolism, when in reality, the difference was that the people who lost the little amount or the people who put on the littlest amount of weight unconsciously up their knees. They didn't even realize they did, but they did. The people who put on the most weight didn't up their neat. They they just stayed around the same in terms of their neat. So it just proved the point that how important your neat is in terms of the context of fat loss or trying to maintain your weight. You know, it kind of proves that even if you were to eat more food, if you keep your neat high, then you're a lot less likely to put on body fat. Yeah. Mate, that's class, and I've never, you know what, I'm, I'm a massive fan of studies. I've never heard of that one, so, mate, uh, I love that, um, and that's just, like, literally social proof, or proof in the pudding of how important moving is to, you know, really manage your weight, and it's really interesting to say about, you know, when people, you know, blame their metabolism, um, it sort of jogs my memory back to a point when I, um, uh, like, sort of early last year, was just doing shifts in a pub, and a builder would come in and say, we got talking, he would say his metabolism's slow and the guy who he worked with was as skinny as anything. He's like, oh, we eat the same thing. And But they had like two different jobs. Like I knew that for a fact. One, I knew that the other guy was more active as well. Try not to go into too much of a debate as well because obviously he was, he, just had, he was just stuck on that slow metabolism mindset. But it was so apparent that he obviously doesn't know what this guy does outside of his job, but his job is also very more active than his. And yeah, so that, yeah, we, and we always tell ourselves a story as well. You know, exactly why we say the slow metabolism. Um, you, ever, you ever see people who drive for a living? Like a lot of them, you know, struggle with their weight. Oh, mate, never seen it. Yeah, I've never seen a lean like, bus driver or something like like, <laughs> like longing to see the day where you see someone like who's actually got like a healthy body composition. Um, Dale, yeah, pass on to you, mate. What's your idea of NEAT and its importance to... Uh, general pop or even anyone to be honest yeah so <clears throat> excuse me James you depicted it pretty well there I think so I'm not going to try and explain what it is as such but I'll put it in layman's terms for the listeners in terms of how you can track it and most people already know this and it's your steps and we obviously bang on about how many steps people should do and the importance of steps and I know James you've talked about 12,000 being more effective than 10,000 I mean I guess that goes without saying, because it's if you're more active, you're going to burn more calories, etc. Um, the the reason I wanted to chat about this tonight is because it's probably come up four or five times this week with new clients that have all got sedentary jobs that have all said, "I can't hit ten thousand steps." Now, there's two prongs to that, and the first one is you're not used to having to do it, therefore you think you can't do it, and like you said there, Cabby, you tell yourself a story about the fact that you can't do it. Um, but the other side is that it is more difficult for sedentary people. If you told me I've got to do 10,000, I'd be like, I've probably done that by about dinner time, mate. So that's easy. Do you know what I mean? But I've got an active job, so it's much easier for me. Whereas somebody who's sedentary has to make plans, e.g. going for a walk before work, after work, getting up off the desk and all that kind of stuff. And it's it's new and it's foreign to you, just like changing your diet is. But for me, it's as important as that. Because when you in terms of answering the question around importance, when you set somebody up with their calories, their target, you set them up with the idea that the activity level is based on that amount of calories. 
So that's why it's as important as what you're eating, if that makes sense. Um, and I just think what I've been quite clear with people is I, I'm willing to help you and give you ideas and ways that you can do it, which I suppose we'll get to um, in this live shortly. But you can't go around the houses too much about it without saying you're going to have to do it. And 10,000 steps in my experience for people losing weight is low end. And yeah, ideally you want to be getting to, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. And we know from experience and I've got the data from having clients who've tracked in terms of who gets better results than others. And lo and behold, it's the people that have the highest step counts. And one thing I'll always say with people as well, and this is the answer that I've said back this week is we can negotiate on how many times that you can exercise, but we can't negotiate on your step count because I know that that's going to have a bigger impact. And going back to what James said as well, you've got your BMR, which is potentially 60, 70% of the total calories that you expend on a daily basis. You've then got your thermic effect of food, which is maybe 5 10%. You've then got your exercise. And if that's for an hour a day, on an exercise day, that might be 5 to 10%. On a, on a day when you don't exercise, that's 0%. So you burn no calories to exercise. And the rest of that, which is 15 20 up to 25% maybe, is made up of your knee. So that's why that's more important. Like James said, if you exercise three times a week, even if that is for an hour and not everyone trains for an hour, it's sometimes less. That's three hours out of 168. So we need to have a good look at what's going on in the 165 other hours that you're not in the gym. Um, so essentially being more active is the secret to losing weight. It's not what you do in the gym. And as we've alluded to many times before, what you do in the gym is more going to be related to how you feel, your fitness level, your strength, your performance, all of that stuff. Um, and just generally making you feel better as well. And also giving you that desire to want to be more active, to want to eat better. Because I always find the two tend to go hand in hand. Um, and, and I find that when I start getting into training properly, everything else seems to fall into place as well. Um, but yeah, going back to the step side of things, it's one of those things where I have to tell the client, you have to do it and 10,000 is a minimum even though it's probably a big increase from the four of that 5,000 that you're doing now. Um, but I will help you with how you can possibly do that. But, you know, that client needs to know that they have to change their ways of thinking that four or 5,000 is all they can do. Because if it is, then there's going to be a problem when they come to weigh in or do the measurements. And no matter if they train three, four, five days a week, we all know they probably won't get the results that they want to get. And that that's the level that we're playing at with steps. That's how important I think they are. Yeah. No, great point. And um, elaborating on what you both said about how you train for an hour and let's say you train, I don't know, five, six times a week, that's six hours. And people think that that's going to be the answer to their fat loss. And obviously there's that notion of people a lot of general pop going into the session and smashing a workout to a point where they can't move and they're moaning why they're not getting results because they're not training for performance. They're training for fat loss. And one of the best, best quotes that I ever heard actually in the, in the last year, which is simple. It was like, don't train for fat loss. It's like, in my opinion it's move for fat loss, train for performance and then eat for fuel. Cause like you said, the amount you move can dictate how much you eat. So if you move more, that will allow you to eat that little bit more effectively. You know, that statistic of every 10,000 steps can burn up to 400, 600 calories. And every time I tell a client that, they're like, oh, 
wow, you know, that's two to three times more than a workout. Um, mate, so that's definitely true. And like what you said about the 10,000, I don't even tell people that the recommended is 8,000 because I'm just like, nah. And I think that rightly so, what you just said, Dale, there, mate, is um, if you can't do 10,000, then there's something that you're doing. The system's wrong, basically. Like, like you said, I think everyone should pre pretty much be able to get 10,000 steps a day. Maybe like a couple of times, um, you know, once or twice in a week, it might fall short if they're really busy, but you've got to make it happen. And if you want those results and you've got to make it happen, you know, um, if, you're not, if you're not taking your lunch break, then that's your choice. I get a lot of people that come to me and say, say that oh, I can't do it because of work, but they're choosing to work over, you know, their steps effectively, which sometimes work gets in the way, but then sometimes people get falling into that trap of, you know, I need to prioritize work over my health. Um, but yeah, so I guess this nicely ties on to the next point of how do we increase our steps and increase our need? Um, so James, if you want to take that away, have you got any sort of coping mechanisms and strategies for uh, your clients? Um, well, I suppose the first thing is to have that um, accountability. So <clears throat> to have a step counter basically is the first thing that people need to get. And you don't need to get really expensive Garmin or Fitbit. I find that the really cheap alternatives work just as well. Um, so yeah, that would be the first thing to make sure you have some way of tracking your steps. Sometimes I use my phone actually um, because I hate wearing watches. Um, so and and it seems more accurate to me on my phone. But uh, so use your phone, use your uh, Fitbit. Um, the main thing I think is at the start of a week or if your weeks are all the same, make sure that you plan where you're going to be able to fit in your steps. Um, or, you know, that is if you have a lifestyle that isn't that active, you might just naturally, you know, because you have an active job, you know, I train people who work maybe at delis or work in shops and, or chefs, and they can get up to 17, 18, 19,000 steps easy in a day. Um, so those people, you know, you don't really have to plan anything in terms of that, but for the people who maybe have more sedentary lifestyle, you are going to have to go for walks um, to try and get that up. So you're, what you're going to have to do is plan when you can fit those in. Um, and I was reading a book, um, Atomic Habits, and a really thing that I've, I've found really useful to, to help with clients is something called an implementation intention. So if you just say, okay, well, today I am going to uh, get my steps above 15,000 steps. If you don't plan how you're going to do that and set a time and a place about where you're going to fit in that, it won't happen because you'll keep putting it off and putting it off and say, oh, well, I'll do it after work or I'll do it at lunch or I'll do it after work and all these things. You need to say to yourself, at lunch, I am going to go on a, four, on a half hour walk um, to the shop and back and that's where I'm going to get my steps up you have the place you have the time and you're saying that you're going to do it if yeah. you keep putting it off and say I'll wait sure I'll get it after work it won't happen you know there will be days where you just won't do it so the main things are make you sure you're some way of tracking it um, and make sure that you plan when you're going to do it and how you're going to do it 
No, I, lo- I love that, mate. And again, it comes back to, you know, your brain justifying your actions for not doing it if you don't do that implementation intentionally. I've never heard of that, mate. That's good. I need to read that book. That sounds like it's, an re- app- it, I, it's really good. I recommend. I'm going to buy. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to buy a few and give them to clients. It's that good. Yeah. No, definitely. No, I love those strategies, mate. And I think people, yeah, they just sort of um, take their days as they go, and they don't take into account that they need that planning and need that set time and need to write it down so they can visually look into their diary and go, right, there's a trigger. You know, everything's reactive. Um, and if we can get something to trigger us to go for a walk, like a reminder or something written or a time, then that's going to give us that much more chance of doing it. Uh, so, no, I love that, mate. Uh, Dale, what about you, mate? Some good stuff there. I'm going to touch on, I'm going to, again, I'm going to relate it back to what, what I've been asked in the situations that I've been trying to help people with. So, other people say, well, I'm driving all day for my job. So I'm driving to work, then I'm working for eight, nine, 10 hours and I'm driving home and I could be on 2000 steps. So, you know, for that person, potentially, you know, you could say, right, you know what, you, you do just need to get out of bed and get up earlier. And maybe that's what you have to do. And that's an option. And I've got some clients that do do that. And again, lo and behold, they're the clients that are smashing down the results. Now, I get it. Not everyone wants to get up early. You don't want to do that. Might not be an option. So as we've mentioned previously, post-work, maybe that's the time to go for a walk. Um, Maybe, you know, 15, 20 minutes after you have finished your tea, you could go for a a stroll, um, which might help your digestion and stuff as well. If it's just a nice, like, you know, really slow, steady, steady walk. And you, you also want to remember there's another benefit to doing that as well. So if you've been stuck in a car all day, stuck in an office all day or whatever, you're getting outside and getting some fresh air, which really should be an integral part of, of everyone's day. So that's kind of like a another reason to do it, if that makes sense. Um, but what I would say is there are going to be days, it happens when you are going to do a five, six, seven, eight thousand step day. Now for the three of us, that's probably incredibly unlikely. Um, but for people in sedentary jobs, I think we as PTs have got to accept that that's going to happen from time to time. Going back to what James said then, if you have a strategy, you can combat that. Yeah. So either the following day you can go for a longer walk or potentially and more realistically, you can dedicate your weekends to big step days. So at the weekend, if you know you're going to do, you can get to 8,000 steps and that's you going for a walk, pushing yourself, working hard at work because you're pushing for a promotion or do you know what I mean? You want to, you want to stay on the, the good side of your manager and you don't want to take your dinner, blah, 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 blah. All right, cool. Well, you're going to have to make compromises somewhere else. So at the weekend, you're doing 15 or 20,000 days. And if you do a 15,000 day, for example, at the weekend, two days, that's 10,000 over the, so you've done 20,000 over two days, uh, if you will. Sorry, 30,000 rather than 20,000, so 10,000 more. So if you had a 10,000 deficit Monday to Friday, because you only did 8,000 steps, you've achieved your 70,000 for the week. If that makes sense, if you're still with me. So you could do 8,000 during the week, box clever and go, right, cool, at the weekend, I'm going to do more. So that's an option. And for anyone that says that they can't do that, that's then a choice. And that's then where you're going to go back to that person and say, well, you came to me and you said how important it was that you wanted to lose weight, yet you can't be asked putting aside an hour, an hour and a half to go for a walk at the weekend to combat your low step days during the week. You know, unfortunately, some people do have sedentary jobs and 
we as coaches have to recognize that but then fix that so for me that's a really good way to do it if that person's not prepared to be consistent day to day obviously there are benefits to embedding habits and doing that day to day but if that's not possible then that's an option and it's the same game as your calories but the other way around i suppose you might give yourself more calories at the weekend and less during the week do you know what i mean so it's kind of like flipped on its head in the sense um but that would be the main thing that I would say. And that's the suggestion that I've made to people that have, that have asked me. Um, I think the problems lie deeper if that then is still a problem and that person isn't prepared to, to do that and do more at weekend. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, and, and try and make it attractive as well. Like if, if going out for your walk, means that you can listen to your favorite podcast or your favorite music yeah. then obviously that's going to you know give you that little bit of motivation that you need to get out and do it or you know make it attractive in the sense that you say to yourself uh if i go out and do this walk i can come back and watch my favorite netflix show something that will give you that extra sort of little bit of external motivation to do it as well yeah no 100 and what you boys have um sort of depicted really well is that you've given two different sort of approaches that suit different people's lifestyles everything's sort of task specific at the end of the day so people didn't need different lifestyles so Dale like you I, I've got a mate to be fair who's a, who's a truck driver for a caravan company like him getting steps is so hard but if you can account for that at the weekend then that's a great way to do it just like you do with your calories and I think that any if anyone can't get to um, if anyone's not getting results and they're moaning that they can't get to 15,000 at the weekend, then I'm sorry. Like, stop world, get off, I'm done. Like, you can easily do that. Obviously, you know, you might have busy weekends, but there is a window in a Saturday and Sunday that you can, you know, get those steps in. Um, so, no, boys, two very good points. I'll just give sort of one, one sort of very simple technique that I do, which is what we talked about on our podcast with Nick Littlehales. And um, what I just talked about in my training lab is, you know, the importance of a, of a morning walk. I've got most of my like online clients are people who are working at home. So they're starting work at like eight or nine. So to get up early is like feasible, like easy. It's like no question. So I get them to basically get up and go for a half an hour to a 45 minute walk in the morning. So it gets them outdoors, gets that morning routine, sunlight if it is, or just that natural daylight, um, you know, reduces stress, sets you up for the day, stimulate the brain with a podcast, and then what I've found is all I've done is tell them to do 30 to 45 minutes. And then you can, you know, I said, um, and then after work or at lunchtime, you can, you can go for one if you want. I haven't actually said you have to do it, but because they've done that morning one, they do it every single day. They go for either at lunch or after work. But I reckon if I'd said, right, go for one after work, that consistency would be way lower. Um, so this is obviously a little bit more, uh, um, directed at people who have the the ability to do it and i think you know unless you actually have to get up at like silly o'clock the morning a morning walk for people is quite feasible. even if it's 10 minutes 10 minutes i think it's just a great way it's a small win if you will and a great way to sort of get you active for the day it's like oh i've gone for a walk so i'm going to eat healthy i'm going to go for a walk so i'm going to go for my workout um so you're just getting everything going so 
No, you're really. definitely going to be more productive. I just think you're going to be more productive by doing that. It sets you do up nicely. I always say to my clients, right, find 20 minutes for you. Like how, whatever it is that you want to do, whether it's a walk or reading, stretching, meditating, whatever. I said this a million times and I'll keep saying it because you're going to feel better when your day starts. Do you know what I mean? You're going to feel a little bit happier in yourself and you're going to be kind of glad that you've, that you've done it essentially. One thing I've noticed and it's something I thought about and, through lockdown, I knew what had happened. You know, you go out on a park during lockdown, everyone's out, everyone's walking. There's loads of people on the park, like probably hundreds of points. And I go out now and there's no one there. Now I get it, people are back to work, but it can still be done. Now for some people, yeah, maybe not. Maybe kids and all that stuff, it's a little bit harder, but I guarantee that that habit for a lot of people is quickly diminished. And then also potentially people who were doing following like the live workouts, the daily workouts and all the kind of stuff that not just we were doing, but everyone was doing, you know, how many of those people are now continuing to train and exercise regularly? Do you know what I mean? I think people need to find, remember the reasons as to why they were doing that. Let's go back to the walk scenario. So in lockdown, people were doing it because it helped the mental health, it helped them get outside, get some fresh air because we were stuck in all day. That That's still the same. People are still stuck in all day and they're now working as well. So there's an even even more of a reason to get outside and feel the benefits of, of walking and doing a little bit of low-intensity activity. So I think, yeah, like, I can't remember which one of you touched on it, but remembering the benefits as to why you're doing it as well as thinking got to do the steps to go get 10,000 spurs and calories there's a lot of other benefits that come with it as well no that's a great point mate and um i obviously living where i live it's quite harder for me to notice because it's very unpopulated um but it's interesting you say that uh people have you know started slacking on yeah the spontaneous activity um i guess that's that that bring me to a, another question for you james is what would you say to those people that um I and mean, they might be the viewers that are doing it. Um, what would you say to people that are basically maybe, you know, they were bored, so their, their activity levels went, were, they spiked through the roof. Now normality's back, you know, it's gone slightly down uh, for whatever reason. You know, what would you say to them, James? You know, ways that, you know, I don't know, um, ways in which they can pick themselves up to improve their needs. Um, well, obviously, just... <laughs> get your steps up but um it's really it's obviously just that you've got out of the habit of doing it um kind of touches on what dale had said there about you know knowing why you were doing it in the first place um and then you know building a habit isn't so much about how long it you know everyone asks you know how long does it take to build a habit and it's not really about how long it takes. It's really, you know, how often you do it. So if you've gone two weeks now and you haven't gone for a walk whatsoever, like that habit is gone. Whereas the fact that you had so much time over lockdown was you were probably going for two or three walks in a day because you were just so bored and it became effortless. So when you when you want to say you haven't walked in a few weeks, the first few times you go for a walk are going to take a lot of conscious effort and you're going to, you know, possibly struggle. 
but the more you do it and the more you uh, you take part in it, the easier it, it will become. It'll become a lot more automatic and it'll just become something that you do. So first of all, just schedule it into your week and stick to that. Like I mentioned previously about pick a time and a, and a place to actually do it and then stick to that. And then eventually it'll become so automatic that you won't even think about it and it'll be something that you look forward to. And going for a walk, it's not punishing yourself in the gym with the workout that you absolutely hate. It's just walking and you can listen to your music and you can listen to a podcast. Like it's not difficult and the payoff when you get your steps high is so huge. So um, it doesn't take a lot of effort. That's what I always say to people. Getting your steps high does not take that much effort but the payoff is is huge. Yeah, yeah, I think great point. And just to add to that as well, like one thing I said back is, look, you can do your steps or if you don't want to do your steps, you're doing cardio every day for an extended period of time. So you can have a, do one or the other, but I know what I do. I wouldn't be doing cardio every day. But like that's not, that's not a good answer. That's not, that's not what it should be. Do you know what I mean? Like I think, People have got to remember, like, it's just activity. Do you know what I mean? So, like, walking, is it cardio? Is it, do you know what I mean? Like, you should be doing it for the other benefits as well. Um, but the alternative to not doing your steps, if that's a question that, that was asked to me, is you're doing a lot of cardio. And it's going to be a lot for you to get the fat loss that you want, for you to then be sedentary for the rest of the time, which defeats the point of it taking the time anyway, because you might as well just go for a walk. Do you know what I mean? Um, and just on the habit point as well, James, you were saying about the habits gone. I think habits a bit of a trigger word at the minute. Like a lot of people are talking about habits and stuff. And yes, you're going to build that habit, but it still like it's not like it suddenly becomes completely automatic. Like it's not like you suddenly automatically put your shoes on and go for the walk. There's going to be days when you don't want to go. And you're only as good as that particular day. It's not like because you've been for a walk for three weeks, that's just automatic. Do you know what I mean? Like you are building a habit, but at the same time, you do have to actively put your shoes on. And if it's a little bit spitting outside or a little bit cool, you still have to actively convince yourself to go. So selling yourself the idea that if you start building a habit and it'll get easier is potentially a little bit misleading. Um, do you get what I'm trying to say? Like you're, yeah, you're only I as think good as today I'm, and you've got to go. I think what I'm more getting at is the fact that if you do it consistently, then it's just who you are. It's not it's not that I'm this person who has to go for a walk. It's more that I'm just someone who goes for a walk. Yeah. You know, and it's part you know of what I mean. Yeah, it's just who yeah, you yeah. are rather than I have absolutely have to force myself, which it definitely will seem like at the beginning. Um, but eventually it just becomes part of who you are and that's what you do. You you wake up in the morning and like just think, okay, well, I, I'm going for my walk today. Yeah, that's some great points there, lads. And um, like you said, it's always going to be hard for that person to start. Dale, exactly like you just said, mate, um, starting a diet, you know, body's not used to it. Digestive system goes a bit crazy because it's not used to the, the nutrient dense food. 
and when you go for a walk like you're a sedentary person so effectively for example you know going scientific um terminology you know your mitochondria is done fuck all like responsible production of energy so it's just sitting there doing nothing so for it to then get going it's going to seem like really really hard at the start but as we said it gets easier but then again you still have to mindfully be aware to to make yourself do it like you said there are going to be days where it's like oh it's a bit cloudy outdoors like that doesn't that's not going to make it easy it's going to make it harder so sometimes you just need to be aware and i think it makes it ever so hard in the day and age in which we live where we're so <laughs> we are fucking lazy you know like i think we might have been saying before i was telling someone you know you can get you can get a car where the boot shuts itself you know and you know we get food delivered to our front door literally like in two minutes and everything's just so easily given to us that it's so easy to become like sofa driven um I must I must admit from from my point of view my steps have been down massively lows recently um I don't know if it's the weather changing or stuff like that but I now have to be aware to change it because I was hitting 20,000 I was hitting 20,000 and now I shamefully can say I'm sitting at seven and uh 7,855 oh Jesus and the topic is steps today oh oh the irony right you better you better get better get them up at weekend that's the online pt for you oh fuck yeah (laughs) literally yeah um yeah but yeah it's just about yeah like it's never going to be easy at the end of the day consistently getting steps in um and it like you said james there it's about um the amount of times you do it not just for how long you do it as well to make sure that you're always consistently ruthless at the things that nobody sees and this is it when you get results and when you want to get results you have to be ruthless at the things that nobody sees. And that is things like getting the steps in and the things that, yeah, literally the behind the scenes shit and it's being consistent and turning up every single day. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'm very bad. Great point. I think a question that gets asked a lot, isn't it? When people lose a lot of weight, uh, like is like, Oh my God. Oh my God. How did you do it? Like, what did you do? What type of diet did you do? And it's like, like you just said, I was just relentlessly consistent and I turned up every day. And that's the answer that people get back and they're like, oh, I'm not sure about that. Like yeah. they want they want it to be easier. They want the answer to be easier. Like, Magic oh, I did pill. this diet. Yeah, I did this diet and it was amazing. It's like, yeah. well, no, that's, that's not how it is. Yeah. And it, what, what, and it, what, what kind of, and don't get me wrong, obviously, as we said, like you expend energy when you train, but it annoys when someone gets good results. And they were like, uh, oh, that person just, just took up running or started working out. And it probably was as well. But, you know, I know for a fact that that person just had high activity levels as well. Like the workouts obviously kind of contribute to the results that person got. But that wasn't, yeah. it wasn't the running. It wasn't just the running, which is why people throw themselves into running because they think it's the reason for losing weight. Like, because no one looks at a walker and goes, ah, <laughs> he's burning calories. No, it's just people just sit as walking, not not expending energy. Yeah, oh, it was the best a client today, uh, fairly new client, uh, and they were like, "Oh, um, since advertisement for uh, like a power play on Facebook or something," I was like, "Nope, nope, don't need that." Uh, and then they were like, "Well, oh, well, someone I know was doing the power play and sitting on it, and they lost loads of weight." And I was like, "That's not why." <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh but, God! But again, this is the the 
confirmation bias that we go back to where that person probably has convinced themselves that 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 was the thing that they changed whereas it it obviously wasn't um, and we know that but for people that aren't as well informed uh, in this sector then they suddenly think okay right I need, I need to go and sit on my power plate and let my arse vibrate and I'm going to burn some calories um, oh, I remember I saw them in Australia when I was in fitness first. They had like 10 of them in the line. And this is when they were quite, not quite new, but the first time I saw them in the gym. And I remember we were just like pissing around on them. But like people were actually going on them. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are, what are you doing? And this is, isn't that, isn't it that quote? Is it, I don't know if this is relevant or it's uh, in context. Is, um, um, what is it? Association isn't causation or something like that. Um, and it's where just the people associate something so they think that's the cause, and it's like, nah. I remember being in Virgin Active, it was a good few years back, and speaking to that, I think he was like the fitness manager or something. He was talking about power plates, and he was like, yeah, yeah, he was like, and I, I do like my power cleans on there and do some cleans on there and stuff. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Why? Christ. <laughs> oh, man. How, how do you even do that? Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I just remember find yourself I, an early death wish. Fuck. Got back yeah. a long time. I was like, "Why? What, what are you doing that for?" Like, yeah, it's just one another one of those sort of another one of those fads, isn't it? And to be honest, I think in our gym there's two. They're currently turned off because, of, uh, well, I mean they can stay turned off for me, but I think that craze has died now. Like. People are over power plates or whatever. But yeah, it was just some, something someone mentioned today and it made me realise that that confirmation bias is such a big thing for people when they lose weight. Like you say, when they ask that question, what did you do? They want the answer. They want they want you to say that I sat on a power plate or I, you know, I, I did running or it's the, it's the cross trainer. That's the best one. It's like, oh, you've got to do the cross trainer for half an hour. Yeah. That, that's how you lose weight. Yeah. But if you gave him the answer, you're like, oh, no, I just think he's increased my steps and, and maybe lifted weights. Yeah. No one's going to buy that. <laughs> no. Um, but no, it's, yeah. it's crazy. And I think what's important for the listeners as well uh, and the viewers to note and highlight is that NEAT isn't just steps, it's spontaneous activity. So the importance of, like you said, uh, one of you said earlier, fidgeting, that's a big thing. Just like, you know, things like um, house chores, so using your whole body, you know, gardening, stuff like that, I think is amazing um, to increase NEAT as well because it's all about full body. It's not just steps. It's, it's about full-on spontaneous activity rather than going for, you know, eight, 10,000 walks and sitting down all day. You still need to be sort of in that fidgety mode, which you yeah. can't really explain fidgeting. It's not like sitting there going like, you, you know what I mean, though? It's like, yeah. Yeah, but like you say, a lot of it's subconscious as well. And this is why, yes, you know, people that are like throwing your kids you know, around the pool, something, you know, like, yeah, but like people that are like 10, 15% body fat and eat 3,000 calories. And then you say to Sheila, who wants to lose weight, look, love, you're on 1,500. And she's like, well, why can they have 3,000? Well, they've earned the right to have 3,000 because they have that and they maintain their weight because not only are they consciously moving more subconsciously because they're eating more like you said James before they're moving more as well so yeah they're fidgeting more and all, all those things that they're doing subconsciously um 
And, and that's where it's something you've said in the past before about increasing calories over time and stuff and putting people's calories back up. Like that's something that's possible and you earn the right to do it once you've, once you've lost the weight. And I know we're digressing a little bit here, um, but the subconscious part of neat plays a huge part in how much you can eat as well. Well, we, again, like if, if I think that's why carbohydrate is so important because the, the, you know, the brain has such a, uh, a reliance on them. You know, we can live off of carbohydrates we don't need it as a macronutrient to live, but we do need it in my opinion to be optimally performing each day. Um, so I think that just a little sort of, um, you know, experience from myself when I was in Australia and I was the leanest I've ever been. I don't even know what I was. It must've been sub seven or something. Um, and it was stupid, mate. And I was eating 1,800, I think. And I was doing a lot of steps, but that was when I didn't know what steps was. I was doing cardio as well, probably walking 20,000 steps between clients. And now, now I'm eating probably near 3,000, probably not that much, you know, uh, I'd say I'm in better shape, feeling better, but I'm eating heaps loads more. I'm eating like 1,300 calories more a day because I'm probably moving more and fidgeting more. All I wanted to do in Australia was like PT and sit down. PT, you go to the gym and sit down because I was on such a low caloric intake. So just as, it does go to show like you eat that right amount relative to how much you're moving is so important. Yeah, yeah. and like you yeah, say, that will then make you want to move more as well like you said like i feel energized i'm gonna go and do that if you you know it's no wonder you you kind of are not energized and not motivated to go to the gym if you're eating 1100 calories or or whatever yeah and i'm sure you boys will agree you know we, we we move a lot but there will be days where we sat down and we're not used to sitting down so sitting down for us is probably like someone trying to start moving it's horrible i hate it I sit down for half an hour, my head starts to hurt, neck starts to get stiff, start to get stressed. Anyone that talks to me, I'm pretty much like, fuck off. Um, and it's horrible. So I just think it goes to show, yeah, that um, being in a sedentary, in a small position, in a small proximity, is like, it's just not good for health at all. And I think when you talk about bang for buck, you know, if you were to choose a workout uh, over or steps and choose between the two, if you're time restricted, you know, and you're really, really stressed, I'd probably say skip the workout and go for a walk because it has that much more um, rewards, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I agree. Yeah, if you're in a, especially if you're in a stressed state as well already, um, then that's definitely going to have more more benefit. And it does energise as well. I must admit, I was feeling a little bit tired over the last couple of days and today I was and went for a walk and even probably through about the halfway point, I was still a bit like, what's wrong with me? Um, but then after it, I, I felt much better. Do you know what I mean? And it, and it does re-energise you. Yeah. Sure. And it's yeah. not like, we're not saying that going for a walk, you're, you're going to be walking around with a fat smile on your face. Um, but I had, I, I had my birthday do last Saturday, um, massive session uh, and got up at 11.30 on Sunday and I haven't done that in, ages like it was so uh unlike me and the last thing i wanted to do is go for a walk honestly i've never felt so more demotivated but we went for a family hour walk and oh my god vitamin d socializing outdoors i felt like literally new man i literally did a massive 180 and that made me realize the like how important it really is because a lot of people in a hangover will sit down all day and just stay in yeah. bed 
and it could not feel like crap then yes and you just literally throw in uh gasoline on the fire um but yeah hey have we got any questions lads uh no not really we've got uh lisa said i normally go for a walk before work the last three weeks got out of routine due to the pressures of work uh i've missed it for my own well-being and we'll make sure they're scheduled in after my annual leave uh and then lisa again i can remember toning oh toning tables where you lay down and they move your body parts that sounds interesting lisa um even worse than the power plates move your body parts um yeah yeah shiny objects shiny objects so easy for people to buy into isn't it yeah um right i think have you guys got anything else to touch on not other than i'm ready for a brew and to get ready to go to sleep so i think me too i think we can call it a day there Yeah. yeah Right, everyone, thank you so much for accommodating for our change in date and time, especially for it to be a little later. But as you said, we need to keep this winning uh, winning streak going. So, lads, James, Dale, thank you very much, mate. Um, and listeners, really hope you enjoyed it. Um, oh, yes, yeah, so our seminar. That, uh, we're gonna, I'll pop the link for early bird. Is it still early bird? It is, yeah, but not for long. Um, not for long. So, you know, buy a bloody ticket, will you? That's it. Yeah, the return on the investment will be huge, everyone. Literally, it will the cost cheaper than the Nando's, I'd say. If you if you eat like me, you're cheaper than the Nando's. <laughs> Three thousand calories, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. Uh, right, yeah, everyone. We'll see you next Wednesday for the seven thirty, boys. Is that right? Yeah, sounds fine in my head. Yeah, brilliant. Right, everyone, have a great weekend. Hope you found tonight's episode valuable. Thank you. Later. Cheers.